With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at NBNRpodcast.com. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Hunter. He's a junkyard dog. Hey, Kenny Bell ran up to me and like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. You're going to get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, <laughs> gone it, Muhammad! GBR. Go Big Red Indeed. No block, no rock. Season 2, episode 35. Coming at you. On a 95-degree day in Omaha, Nebraska. Whew. Hot as a mug. Summer is here. And it sucks for me. Yeah, those redheads in the sun. God, it's just <laughs> brutal. Eating sunscreen and hiding under a table. <laughs> <laughs> no sunscreen, but hiding, yes. Where am I hiding? I'm hiding in the Nebraska Brewing Company tap room. Air conditioned like a mug, thank God. 108th and Harrison and La Vista, Nebraska. I myself... I'm drinking a very refreshing and light Taco Vesa, the Kyle Byers special. That's right. That's what I'm drinking as I'm well. About to say, are we drinking the same thing? Yep. Okay. Connor. Always, always, always an ice cold Pilsner. Okay. It is my go-to. And I see Mike. Is that a water? <laughs> what are you? What are you drinking over there? It's uh, hot. It is hot, man. It's hey, hot. It's hot outside. That means it's seltzer season, boys. That's right. <laughs> you say seltzer season, but you've been drinking seltzers for. Hey, how many months? To have a dad bod like me, you drink seltzer. Yes, right? dad. So our, our <laughs> yes, four dad. main flavors of seltzers: grapefruit, mango, pineapple, blackberry. You've had them all now, right? Yes. What's the favorite? The mm. pod seltzer. Well, that's not one of those four. Uh, well, you asked me. I mean, Tiger's What's the blood. favorite out of those four? Tiger's that's blood. also not one. Of oh, those weird. Four. So you you listed four. You gave me four options, and, and I gave you, you the named two. two others. Yes. Okay. Right now, I'm drinking the mango. It's very good. Yeah. So I'm not a big <laughs> pineapple guy, and uh, blackberry. I don't know if I've had that one yet. Okay, you guys. Our listeners out there, please come to the tap room, NBC tap room, 108th and Harrison, Lemista, Nebraska. As they say, world class in every glass. Okay, let's kick this thing off. Let's talk about some relatively old news, especially in this market where five minutes ago was old news. Mm-hmm. Fan, us fans, we live in the past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Evan. So <laughs> apparently, we have a troll. On our Instagram. I like how he just instantly... Yeah. Troll. Yeah. (laughs) It couldn't just be somebody with a shitty take. Immediately a troll. He's a troll. I posted this slick... Slick. Nebraska National Championships hat that has all the national championships listed on it. All It's pretty sweet. It's on our website. Check it out. Mm -hmm. And we got this guy that comments and said, living in the past, yawn. <laughs> like the yawn. Yawn. <laughs> boring. Natties are boring. I've never wanted one. That's why I love Scott Frost so much. Obviously, <laughs> he won't hear this, but he obviously doesn't listen to our podcast because we are the most realistic podcast out there. Mm. And if he listened to us, he would know that we don't live in the past. We live in the present. Mm. And it is what it is. But we got our first troll on MBNR. Kyle put him in timeout. <laughs> and uh, we made him a hat that said uh, 
Evans <laughs> Evan says, stop living in the past. A lot of text on the front of that hat. Evan says, stop living in the past. It rolls yeah. down onto the bill and it's so long. Yeah. I think it hangs off of the bill. The stitching hangs off. So there's a new rule. If you're gonna if you're gonna troll the pod, mm. we're gonna make you a hat and you gotta fucking buy it. Yeah. So and, and at least be funny. Yeah. Like, and if, if, if you're, you're gonna, gonna troll, us, yeah. If you're gonna troll, be funny. Yeah, I mean he was like, you know, twenty five years ago, you gotta get over it. Well, it's like Anytime your school wins a national championship, that's not just something that you yawn about. I know it was I know it was a long time ago. We're not stupid. Yeah. Like well, I was I was six years old when it happened. So I have fleeting memories of that going down to Dodge Street and celebrating. It was a long time ago. I'm not doubting that, but anytime your your school wins a natty, you flaunt it, man. Yeah. yeah. And again, we talked about before we started recording, where do you draw the line? Like, I think yeah. you can still celebrate a natty no matter when it was. It's still an incredible achievement. So yeah. like, I, and it's yeah. not like, it's not like we're going into like forums and arguing that we're still very good because we have <laughs> natties from the nineties. Like, I feel no. like we we sit here every week and do the exact opposite. We do the that. exact opposite. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is not a nineties loving podcast yeah. by any means. Don't get me wrong. We bring on guys from the nineties, but we're not sitting here praising the 90s every week. No. And that's not why you guys listen to us. So anyways, shout out to our first troll, Evan. <laughs> I hope you go buy that hat that we made for you. Evan, go pay the troll toll and buy that hat. That's troll right. toll. <laughs> troll toll. Cha-ching. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of um, a dude from... A fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of a fine. There we go. But but a, a 90s guy, Scott Frost, apparently he's, he's making his... Um, his special teams analyst analyzed too much, and he got a little slap on the wrist for it from the from the NCAA, the toothless NCAA, who's they're they're trying to show their teeth as of late. We might talk about that a little bit more, but yeah, he gets a one year show cause, which basically means that anywhere that he goes, whether he stays at Nebraska or God forbid, he doesn't do as well and gets let go, it's gonna follow him around like a little, not even a dark cloud. It's just like a like, annoying cloud like, like a yeah. toll troll they gave they gave him five yeah. they gave him five days off to go on vacation that's all it is yeah. yeah he's like oh darn i get to go golfing for five days during the season god damn it scott's considering cheating again this season Jeez. <laughs> but i will say though it's like you know you don't want to make a huge deal out of the five days because you know from my understanding it can be like any of the five days he wants or whatever yes. and just like you think of how critical this season is it's like well, can you afford to miss any days? Maybe you need to miss some days. I don't know. But I imagine stupid. from his fishing boat, he'll be sitting there with a headset on. You'll have Mark Whipple on the other on the other side of the headset and he's gonna be working from from his, his bass boat. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he'll um Whipple will be coaching in his freaking socks. Yep. <laughs> I think so I think that what makes this so incredible is that it took two years for the NCAA to come out and say, all right, we finalized our investigation. All these hours we just spent and the two years we've been working on this, supposedly, mm. we finally have our punishment. Have you guys heard anything about all the sexual assault allegations or anything like that or, at Baylor? Or Kansas? I, uh, no. Like, in Kansas, yeah, facing five level one violations. Dude. Baylor, nothing's happened there. Yeah. So thank God yeah. they oh, took care of Nebraska. Yeah. Jonathan Rutledge and oh, he can't say words of encouragement on the sidelines because that's too much. You can't say good job, guys, and smack a dude on the ass, or else it's another show cause penalty. I don't freaking know. But is it you know? It's just like okay. So at this point, you're you're not regulating nil. 
you're spending two years on an analyst over analyzing th- on a three and nine team who had the worst special teams in the country. Yeah, was our what, what, are, what are you what is, enough? What is your purpose mm. here? These conferences don't need you. College football does not need you at this point. <laughs> I think that's ultimately where we're headed in the next, you know, college football is going to change quite a bit, but I think the NCAA is likely on its way out as its, you know, rule is kind of, like you said, it's become very weird where these very, very large infractions are ultimately ignored and the the small ones are incredibly overblown. And And again, smack on the rest here, but like still. And yeah. And you know, what's even like funnier, God, there's so many funny avenues we can go down. If Kansas gets punished, Oh, I, we have our natty. We're good. You can punish us. I mean, we've won our natty. We've done what we had to do. Yeah, we can wait another 10-ish years to win another one. Whatever. We got one. We don't care anymore. Yeah, and it's not you even know? like you could strip them. None of those players even play, like played there during right. the they won their natty. Okay, speaking of the NCAA, um, we are recording on a Monday, May 9th, where the NCAA, whose president, for some reason, says, hey, I'm going to step down. Not right now, but next year or whatever. <laughs> So NCAA has no teeth at all. Like they have a lame duck leader right now, who, if they they try to they try to levy this uh, NIL board of directors, um, if you if you have a collective, we're gonna investigate you or whatever. What even classifies as a collective anyway? I don't really know. But so go on. What this is is the NCAA is going to stop boosters, or they're gonna they're gonna investigate. NIL signings if the booster reached out to them before they signed their name on the dotted line with the school. Hmm. I'm not opposed to that, but when you open the floodgates like they did, where they just made it a free-for-all, like how do you come back and say, hey, hey, I know that we just let all these kids do whatever the hell they wanted, and they got agents, and they're making millions of dollars now, but come back in here. Come back inside the walls. Yeah, it's too little too late. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, first off, how the hell are you going to prove it? Like when, <laughs> right. when these guys are getting these checks, second of all, let's take a look at a guy like Jordan Addison, who has pretty much came out and said that he was reached out to by USC in Texas and they're offering him a million dollars to enter the transfer portal. Next thing you know, he enters the transfer portal and guess what? Crystal ball saying he's going to USC. That shit couldn't, shouldn't happen. And the NCAA with all these one-time transfer rules, NIL, all this shit, they already opened the floodgates and this is what's going to happen now. You have to continue to recruit your guys that are on your team every single year, every single day to make them happy so they don't enter the portal and go hop and get another financial investment. Yeah, Mike, you bring up a great point. You open up the floodgates, and it reminds me of running of the bulls like Connor did. In Pamplona, yeah. In Pamplona, Spain. So, yeah, guys, come on. It's okay, and I, I hate to relate everything back to like my teaching or whatever. Classroom management 101. You start off strict and then you loosen. You don't start off loose and then get really strict. It's not how it works because then students are, aren't going to respect you anymore. NCAA, no one respects you. Just, just get out. Get out of here. On one hand, we want control. We want leadership. We want Mark Emmert to not admit that he's a lame duck leader. But at the same time, it is what it is. So why are we delaying the inevitable here? Just please kindly leave. Yeah, I, I think uh, like Mike pointed to earlier, the hardest part of this whole restriction or the restriction they're trying to make is how the hell can you prove when these schools have had contact with these players? Sting you operations or something? So I guess not the, the schools themselves with the boosters. 
what's to say a booster didn't reach out to the administration? The administration said, hey, look, I've got money over here. Because the booster at that point has not directly contacted this player. There's so many loopholes. It seems it's too little too late. You had no restrictions coming into it, like you said. Should have started strict and loosened up. It, it's a broken system. And as if NCAA investigations don't take long enough already, just one other thing that you're trying to control and... Again, I don't, I don't see it being, being, uh, I don't know. It's yeah. a total wild I'm, goose chase. I'm, I'm speechless. Yeah, and again, it took you two years to give a coach a five day suspension. Yeah, two <laughs> years, and then of course you realize, oh, yeah, their practices were okay, but that analyst, right? And I was expecting the practices during COVID to be the. Oh right. my God! How dare oh. you? Oh yeah, I thought a hundred percent that didn't even happen. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, and for those of you who don't know, Jonathan Rutledge is the one that blew the whistle on Nebraska. I mean, as far as we know, yeah. I mean, you you bring a guy in and you know that Scott Frost said, you know, behind closed doors, hey, you're going to run our special teams. So, hey, let's run our special teams. And guess what? Our special teams fucking sucked. <laughs> so next thing you know, Scott Frost has to make a change. Hey, Jonathan Rutledge, I know that you just moved your family up here and you said I was going to be running the special teams under the table as an analyst. Um, but yeah, you're, you're gone. And next thing you know, John Rutledge is like, okay, I'm kind of pissed. So, you know what I'm going to do? Because we had this back-end agreement on me being the full-time special teams coordinator and me doing on-the-field stuff, uh, probably just going to blow the whistle on you and get you in trouble. You know what? I was just thinking, if you're Jonathan Rutledge, right, and you go and snitch, like, wouldn't he have to have some sort of uh, punishment as well? Because if you're hired as an analyst, like... Don't you know the rules going in? Aren't you primed for that? Like what what the guidelines are? Like, but what is he doing now? Where's he at? I don't know. He turned state's witness. Yeah. He gave him immunity. Yeah. Like straight Goodfellas style. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, because where where is he? Maybe he's at um Hell. He's <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Jonathan Rutledge, right now, just mm. to just to piggyback on the point of okay, is he gonna get in trouble? You know, all this stuff, right? Currently, Jonathan Rutledge is the special teams and wide receivers coach at the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. Okay. So he went from a Big Ten Power Five school to the Catholic University of America. Usually, the powerhouse. Usually, <laughs> usually when you take an analyst job, you're supposed to work your way up. And Nebraska, is this not? Nebraska, starting like, off at a pretty good. Well, well, pretty good spot. Well, hold on. Well, Mike, hold on. Can we, how many wins did that Catholic University oh, of America shit, get last season? Don't, please don't. Oh, you know we have to look. <laughs> oh no. So, oh no. <laughs> the Catholic. What did I say? Catholic so, University Catholic of America. University do, you of America. A, do, you have, do you have a mascot for me too? Yeah, he's a he's a cardinal. A cardinal. The, okay, ca the Catholic Cardinals. Yeah, there you go. It's a D three school. I think there are lawsuits against this. <laughs> well, it depends on what they do. <laughs> okay, so it's a D three school. And uh, last season they went six and four. Oh God damn it! He's a powerhouse. Over five. <laughs> <laughs> He's a magic man. I wonder how their special teams was. <laughs> Here comes the NCAA investigating right. that one. Better, yeah. hey, you better show cause. Show cause. <laughs> show cause. Five day. <laughs> Jonathan, right. let let's let's end the. Let's not live in the past, guys. All yeah, right. Let's, yeah. Let's stop we, living in the past. We beat right. this to death. Okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's talk about the future then. Let's um, talk about the future. So, uh, lined up are some official visits. P 
Portal Talk, Stefan Wynn, Alabama defensive tackle, as well as Kane Williams, a defensive back. So they're both from Bama. They are supposed to be coming up this weekend to Lincoln for an official visit. Um, let's just talk a little bit about this, guys. Big news last week, you know, Alshon Mathis coming in. Devin Drew from Texas Tech coming in. Stephon Wynn, you got to think if he's taking a visit that it's Nebraska's probably going to be the school. Let's just say it is, right? You're building up depth. Do, what do you guys know about Stephon Wynn? Do you know anything at all? I don't know a whole lot about them personally, but what I will say is when we were talking about Oshan and like the possibility of him coming to Nebraska, what I what I was saying was if I'm Scott Frost, my pitch to him is let me make you the founding like the building block. Let me get you into position and then we will build around you. So that's that's kind of what happened when we locked in Oshan and then not too long after that Drew commits. And so now you're starting to see this like now the sales pitch to the other guys is look, we got Oshan. Now we want to build the best defensive line in the Big 10. So let's bring you aboard. We've already got the tools. We've got Oshan. So let's just keep building on it. Come be a part of something. I yeah. think that's totally correct. I see. I think we're seeing a snowball effect. And obviously, these guys come out of Bama. They're not slouches. We know they're not. Uh, but I, I think it was that O'Shawn Mathis signing was the tipping point for Husker transfers this season. I mean, looking at the list of transfers we've got, it's like, what, a five-star, like eight, four stars at the moment? That maybe is an exaggeration. But the signings that have come after that and you know, shortly before O'Shawn have been incredible. And I would say... Arguably, what are we ranked in the transfer portal? Like 13 right now? I have no idea about that. We're, yeah, that's we're some, up there. Yeah, yeah that sounds I, right. I, it, we're, we're getting better and better by the day. So I, I think that Oshan was, like I said, it's a catalyst for just improving in the future. Yeah. So what I know about Stefan Wynn is he's six foot four, 307 pounds. My Lord. That is your Damian Daniels snacks type of guy in the middle. He's from SEC country. I mean, if Nick Saban's calling you, I think I think he could play at Nebraska. Hey, yeah, you, you know, Stefan, you can have one of my my sacred scholarships. Yes, <laughs> you, you know? know, like it's not like Nick Saban hands scholarships out like candy. That's like he has the pool to choose from. And Stefan Wynn, you know, played at Alabama, and he actually has a relationship with Trey and Bryce McGowan's, uh, both from South Carolina. I think it's a great addition if we can get him. That's that's that piece that we need. We, Devin Drew is more of a depth guy, in my opinion. And he's also going to be playing more of the edge. Yeah. Um, but when you have Stefan Wynn at that 307 pounds, six foot four SEC frame, oh yeah. Well, thank you, Mike, for kind of... Because um, I was going to open this up for a discussion. So, you know, you get O'Shawn, you get Devin Drew. Two guys coming from the Big 12, right? You're coming to the Big Ten, whole different animal. We've said it. Our offensive line guests have have all said that, right? And so I was kind of looking at these with a bit of skepticism. Like, okay, yeah, we need a pass rusher, but when you're playing against Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, et cetera, don't you need a, a clog in there? Yeah. And, you know, Stephon Wynn hopefully will be that guy because – I was thinking Devin Drew. Okay, um, he's not the clog, right? He's not going to no. stop the run that well. O'Shawn Mathis from reports. I don't know if – I don't think he's going to be terrible against the run, but you just have to think we need big dudes that are going to clog lanes. Yeah. And Stefan Wynn hopefully will serve that cause if he comes here. 
Yeah, Oshan and Drew. Yeah, you are absolutely correct. Oshan and Drew are not the guys you just put in the middle of the line. They're not big enough for that. They'll just mm-hmm. get pushed over. Well, and one thing that I was looking at, if we want to stick on this whole transfer portal thing and the new additions at Nebraska, so that's not even including Stefan Wynn and, and Kane Williams if they decide to come here. But as of right now, without them committed, 30% of our starters for next season potentially are going to be from the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the new age in college football. Do we recruit high school anymore? Is it even is there even a point? Why would you go to the high school ranks when you can get a guy that's already developed at a different college that already went through strength and conditioning, already got, you know, put on his freshman 15, you know? Like my thing is this, if you're looking for the size, the frame, everything like that, you're not going to get it out of the high school ranks. Yeah, I think I think you have to be real strategic as far as how much you're recruiting from high school and how much you're pulling from the transfer portal. Right now, we're in a little bit more dire of a, of a position that you need. You just need all the dudes from the transfer portal just to you know save you for this year. But moving forward, and we've talked about this as far as basketball is concerned, you have to have a foundation where dudes are growing up in your ranks. You have to have that foundation of high school kids that have been there. You've trained them from day one, and now you're going to get the payoff when they're you know, a junior or a senior. It's not sustainable to recruit you know, 60% transfer portal and 40% high school. Like You but just why? can't sustain that. So I, I agree with actually both of what you're saying, but I think it's a little bit of both. Mike is correct. In fact, I, a little retraction. I said Nebraska is ranked 13th in uh, transfer portal rankings. We're actually ranked 12. Uh, we have 13 commits coming out of there. Kyle, you're correct in saying that we, we were in a position where we had to recruit out of the portal. We just did not have the weapons inside the program to do that right now. And you're no way you're bringing a high schooler in to help you. Yeah, but no. Mike is also correct. Yeah, or like we have to go to that because that's where we've seen these players develop. We know they can help us win or at least hope they can get us to win. But as we go into this NIL era and this transfer portal era, yes, it's important to recruit these high schoolers, but how do you create the loyalty to a program like we used to see? I think in the modern era, that's going to be increasingly hard, especially again, like Mike was saying, with the transfer portal and money flying all over the board. It is going to be the Wild West for at least, I'm saying, four to five years. I I think this is a longstanding issue. I don't think there's a way for the NCAA to really rein it in immediately. But yeah, it has to be a little bit of both. I don't think anyone has the answer as to what the correct method is, though. You're saying, okay, I don't think this is sustainable. But now with NIL and one-time transfer, like I said before, you are recruiting the guys on your roster every year. So you can't really... Build that traditional for your guy anymore. Yeah, how do you you're build going to get? You're going to pick up guys sloppy seconds. You know, like that's what you're going to do. That's how you're going to have to load your roster. And if I'm Scott Frost, if I'm any head coach, not even just Scott Frost, if I can get a guy that's been in a program for two years, let's say he already redshirted, you know, he already went through strength and conditioning, everything like that, high, highly touted recruited guy. Mm-hmm. Why the hell would you go there instead of a, a guy from Murdoch, Nebraska? You know, like I understand. You know, bringing local guys in and walk-on program and all that stuff, but those are going to be depth guys. I I guess, I, and I'm not disagreeing with you, Mike, as far as like it is. It's a new day and age where yeah, you have to keep everybody happy at all times. Sure. Otherwise, they're just going to hit the portal and they're out. But what I'm saying is, for we we talk about consistency all the time on this podcast, and we talk about 
you can't restart every single year. So if you're constantly, and the same thing goes for basketball. We talked about this when we came to basketball. You can't keep doing 70% turnover on your roster every single year because you're just – you're not going to be successful that way unless I mean, you're Duke. How, how <laughs> many? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that I can think of in modern history, how many one and dones have won a national title in basketball? I can think of two, and it's Duke and Kentucky. Yeah, that's it. It is not common. It's you an, do it's, have to build that loyalty. You have to. Yeah, yeah, it's more an anomaly than it is a regular exactly. Thing. And <clears throat> Kyle, just keep going on your point here. This is kind of the the crux of the argument with with Frost and his staff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're. Ideally, you would want to recruit guys and you can develop them over the course of four-ish years and build that core and that stability. Um, but we are in a new day and age and like he's got a whole new staff. So we don't necessarily know just how good they can develop at Nebraska. But it, like if this was the past staff and we saw the development not really take place, that's where the transfer portal would be essential. And we've talked on this podcast about Nebraska taking advantage of their advantages. Back in the day, they were on TV. They had the weight program. They had Prop 48. They had all these things that other schools didn't emphasize. And maybe some steroids here and there. But <laughs> but, but you're cutting edge at something, right? And so hopefully this will be just that next thing that hopefully will propel Nebraska to not just relevance, but competing for Big Ten titles. And so NIL is the new frontier, just like Prop 48 used to be and how straight strength training with Boyd Epley used to be. This can be the new plateau that they can leap off of and not just fall down, but actually fly. <laughs> so guys, let's let's take a break real quick, talk about our sponsor, Nebraska Brewing Company. We all just topped off our beers. I am drinking the Blueberry Pilsner. It is called Up on Blueberry Pills, available for a limited time. There Only you go. in the tap room. Only in the tap room. I Connor, I, I have had a couple people ask, where are you guys available? And like what beers are available outside the tap room? So a lot of our draft stuff will be available around the Omaha area. If you don't see it at your local bar, your favorite, ask a, ask a manager. Tell them to bring it in. They, they will do it. But if you're looking for any like to-go beer, six-packs, 12-packs, anything like that, Check out Hy-Vee's. They're one of our biggest retailers, Costco, Sam's Club, local liquor stores. We're pretty pervasive across the state. So yeah. you can find us in most places. But if you don't find us, talk to your management. They will they'll get it there. What beers like are you guys most popular that you like you push out? Definitely for the for the to-go stuff, we're looking at like our West Coast IPA, Cardinal Pale Ale, Eos Hefeweizen, our Pilsner, love it, and our Brunette Nut Brown. For the draft stuff, we do get a little funky though. You can find a little bit of everything across a, a lot of different bars. Like I said, there are some taproom exclusives. So if you come see us, you will get to see stuff like the Up on Blueberry Pills, which you may not find at other restaurants. But we do send out a lot of cool stuff too. So All right. we make around 80 to 90 different beers a year. I mean, we're always pumping out new stuff. So just keep looking for the fun stuff. You mentioned Sweet. exclusives. No Bach, No Rock is still here on tap. No Bach, No Rock is the most exclusive beer we have here. <laughs> and we're, we're really getting near the end of it. So if you have not come in to try the No Bach, No Rock yet, do it. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but it has been so popular that we are discussing bringing it back Man, in the future. Don't hurt my heart. Um, you're hurting my heart. You're, you're just setting me up. <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing anything. I actually I did that specifically to break Jared's heart. But we are, we are talking about bringing it back, but... If we don't, it is very, very limited now. We are running out. So please, if you want to try the beer, support the podcast, come on in. 
and get yourself a pint while it's still here. Absolutely. Come in the tap room. Try that no bock, no rock. But let's continue our discussion, all right? We're talking about NIL transfer portal stuff. You know, we had a little discussion off air and we're like, okay, I think we should continue with this because there is so many avenues this thing can go. Well, Mike, we were talking. Well, while these two were yoking, yoking it up, doing something else, we were talking about how the NCAA is all of a sudden it's trying to really clamp down on this and how there might be a, more potential rule changes coming to the transfer portal, putting limits on transfers like they did for decades. If you if you move, if you go somewhere, you're sitting out a year, like that'd just be the easiest fix, wouldn't it? Because yes. you, you've done it already for many, many years. Um, it would. I think it would just be the easiest fallback for the NCAA to go to. I think if they did that, they would still have to leave grad transfers. And that was kind of like the towards the end of that era was the grad transfer thing was when like the transfer portal really started kicking up and then that's when they opened the floodgates. But yeah, I think leaving the that grad transfer, if you graduate and get a degree, sure, go to any school you yeah. want. Who gives a shit? Okay. And that's when you can cash in on your NIL. That's my thing. So if you're going to do this NIL thing, you know, if, if one-time transfer does go away, you know, you, you cash in as a high schooler, go to whatever school you want, get all the benefits, talk about, you know, Runza and... You know, Valentino's and all that stuff. Go talk about all your local stuff and, and make a couple bucks. But until you get that degree, you know, you can't leave. And if you do leave, there's a punishment. You can sit out. You might get paid at the next school, but you're going to have to sit out. But of course, the looming thing are waivers. Yep. Granting waivers. Yes. Hey, my coach left. So I can leave now. I should be able to leave. My coach left. So but, here's, but, my wa- here's my waiver. Coordinators, do coordinators count? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel there, there's such a fine line because it's like, right. okay, if my head coach leaves, let's let's use an example. If if my if I'm running an air raid offense and my head coach leaves and we're switching to a triple option for some reason, okay? Yeah, absolutely. If I'm a wide receiver, if I'm a quarterback, I would love the ability to go, you know, go somewhere else and expand that, my chance of going to go in the NFL. That you can succeed. Yes. If you're not, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But if you're, but my thing is this: it's a fine line because what if you're a wide receiver? And your wide receivers coach leaves. Oh, so right. now now you just get to throw in the towel, or uh, your coach retires. Like there's well, such a fine line of these waivers, and they've never been consistent with the waivers in the past. Well, and that's no. why I think you can't means test this thing and try to parse it out. Like, oh, he has a good case. Oh, she doesn't have a good case. Oh, he does. It's got to be universal, yes or no. Whichever school you pick, all right, you pick that school, or. Uh, you're, if you move, you're gonna sit out of here, just so you know, it's universal, no waivers. It has to be that way, because I think that's part of the reason why the one-time transfer rule was taken out to begin with. It was because all these waivers. And so here's uh, Kyle and I talked again when we were off air. We were talking about how the NCAA handled the Scott Frost. It took him two years to figure out what was going on with him and his analyst, and you know, ultimately a slap on the wrist. And we said off air that you, we went for two years for that, and now you have to look at an entire sport. And I realized how wrong I was when I said that because you're not just looking at a sport. You're looking at every sport. Yes. Um, and so this, this is an issue that ultimately, honestly, at this point, is such a massive undertaking. I don't know that it can be solved. Not just every sport, every school. 
of, yes. uh, and, uh, yeah. of, of Georgia football and Middle Tennessee State and, volleyball and Catholic University of America. <laughs> yeah. exactly. The John, powerhouse. Jonathan Rutledge. Yeah, I, I think this is an issue that is so massive that it is almost futile to try and solve yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can create small, you know, speed bumps, but there's there's always going to be a way around it for all these players, for all these universities. Uh, all, the best you can do is try and limit some of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think just rip the Band-Aid off. No more one-time transfer. Let the guys cash in on their name, image, and likeness. I'm not saying that. I think any athlete, any, you know, like you and I can go walk down the street and if someone's dumb enough to pay me to sign their chest, then guess what? I can make a dollar I'm on signing it. Okay? That tit. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if, if I'm a college athlete, I can't have a full-time job. I dedicate all of my time to the university and I play football and they make millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars off of me. Okay. I understand that. Yes. Players should be able to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. That is not a debate, but the transfer thing, it's, it, it will save a lot of headaches of trying to recruit your own players to stay and, you know, and then keeping high school recruiting relevant because imagine being an 18 year old and you're thinking, Oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a high, you know three-star kid. You know, I'm going to have lots of schools looking at me. And next thing you know, there's nobody calling because they're too busy taking portal guys. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, because like at, at the at the worst time in like the transfer portal, I don't know what the numbers are now, but at one point there was like 1,300 kids in the transfer portal. There's no way those amount that <laughs> amount of people can be fielded it's a lot going of, anywhere else. It's a lot of fish in that sea. It is. That's how you end up at Catholic University of America. Jeez. God, what is our Cardinals, right? Yeah, the Catholic Cardinals. All right. So, yeah, that's that's, that's <laughs> there's not enough homes for the amount of people entering the portal. Yeah. This year, there were a total of 15,000 players in the portal. Just in football. Just in football. Yeah. 15,000? Uh, to- 15, total, total in the NCAA, there were 302,000. That doesn't even seem like there, there should be that many athletes. Like that seems like an incredible number. Damn. So I just said the worst <laughs> time in the transfer portal, there was like 1,200 right. kids and now there's 300,000? 302,000. Yeah. Doesn't even seem possible. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, so yeah, if you're a coach you, and, and if we are going to rely on this portal. There's um, plenty of guys. There's plenty of fish I mean, in the there's, sea. There's plenty of guys, but you know, you got to be selective and not just take any geek off the street. Right? Yeah. I know there's a lot of geeks on that street, but you can't take them all. Well, yeah, I, I'm reading through the stats because that 302,000 number just seems so wildly high. Okay. So Maybe Sports, all- Sports Illustrated is telling me that uh, in in FBS, oh, uh, 10% of all FBS and FCS college football players entered the transfer portal this year. 10% of them. So that, that 302,000 includes all divisions, all schools, all sports. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Which starts to make a little bit more sense. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, that's... No, I mean, but still, that's, that's a lot of player movement. An incredible amount. It, I mean, doesn't matter what division. It could be UNO. It could be you know Nebraska, University of Nebraska. It doesn't matter. Players right now with the one-time transfer rule, they have all the freedom. They have all the say. Give that back to the coaches. They're grown-ass adults. That that's their job. So this is where I get a little iffy. Again, like we're talking about, ten percent of all players entering the portal. That is insane. But saying give the power back to the coaches, the coaches still have a ton of power. I mean, this we're entering an era where we're working to give the players the rights that they deserve. And I, I agree with you that maybe we've you know overstepped what we've gave them. But I, I, I still like the idea of you know allowing those transfers. And you know, we talked about waivers. 
But like uh, Jared was saying, having you know hard and fast rules on what waivers can be uh, and how those are approved. But the one-time transfer rule, yeah, it does make it very difficult. And that's why you see that incredible amount of movement. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine, you know, you said it was the 300 plus thousand in the portal. Imagine just even half of that being waivers and the NCAA having to decide, you know, and give each player a fair case and actually look at it. And again, that's impossible when you look at the NCAA taking two years to figure out what was going on in Nebraska. And just, Yeah, the massive scale of how many waivers are going to get filed. Yeah. I, yeah, you have to have a hard and fast, like you have to meet this criteria if you don't, you're gone. If you do, great. Yeah. Have fun. So does it, so it takes two years to figure out one person. Yeah. What does it take to do 300,000 people? Oh, by that math. <laughs> well, sounds like eight months. Is that, is that right? That doesn't, yeah. <laughs> I think that's why there's, there's been so much inconsistency on these waivers. And that's why I'm with Jared. Just rip the bandaid off. If you want to leave your school, I don't care if it hurts your feelings. You're staying put. You signed, instead of making it four one-year agreements, you're signing four years to play for a school. And guess what? You're going to make a fuck ton of money. You're going to get about $250,000 just in scholarships. You're going to get a free education. And you're going to cash in on any of your name, image, and likeness that you want while you're there. Do the same thing for coaches. What do you mean? Coaches cannot leave unless they're fired. That's not true. No, I'm saying do the same thing for make coaches. Make a rule. Then. Yeah, make it a rule. If the coach can leave at any time and has that freedom, why does a player not? But that's not true. So there's buyouts for reasons. There's like legal binding contracts sure. that coaches have to stay, but there is repercussions if they leave. So there is a cost. There is no cost if a, if a student says, fuck you and leaves. There is a cost if a coach leaves. Like the buyouts and stuff are insane. Well, and we're talking about coaching contracts. Maybe we also make contracts for recruits and say, hey, do you want to go to Nebraska? And we'll give you a, a one-year contract. So we give you that flexibility. Or you can go to Kansas State and they'll, they're, they're only offering a four-year, right? So it's like you, ha you have recruits and you sign contracts and whichever contract is the most appealing to the recruit, that's the school that they're going to go to. Yeah. Well, Maybe that's what we have to go to. Guys, what we're, what we're talking about is the NFL. This is what we're talking. Yeah, about. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Next, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have trades in the middle of the season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're, I mean, we're describing yeah. the NFL. Yeah, right now, I mean, college football is much better than the NFL because they can just move around. They can take their money. They can move. They can take their money. They can move. Yeah, NFL can't do that right now. Exactly. And the NFL has caps where none of these schools do. But the schools don't need caps because they can't legally give the players money. Yeah, it's the boosters. It's the guys that are affiliated with the university. So. It's not actually the University of Nebraska paying O'Shawn. I it's, guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yes, I am right. <laughs> I'm always right. Still <laughs> bummed to find out the brewery can't give out NIL deals because I totally would have. Mm. You, you can. No, no, you can't. Oh, because of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. alcohol. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you knew, knew that, but yeah. we do make yeah. beer. You do? Yeah. Oh, is that right. what I've been drinking? <laughs> is that what this is? <laughs> I've just been pouring you Mio with vodka. <laughs> right. <It> just acts <laughs> like. So maybe this can be the last thing we talk about. Vegas coming out with the win totals for Nebraska. Oh my gosh. Seven, seven point five with most people betting on the over. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I I have one thing to say. One thing? Fifteen and twenty nine. Done. That's all I have to say. 
I so this the seven and a half number. This is actually legitimately the first time I've heard this number. Mm. I don't like that for one reason, and that is mostly because the entire off season I've been saying like I look at our schedule and I was like eight wins is very reasonable for us. And now that Vegas says seven and a half, god damn it, we're getting six. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's always this argument that Vegas knows Vegas knows something, right? They didn't build all those empires in the desert because they're stupid, right? There's got to yeah. be there's got to be some justification for the seven and a half. That's why they set that line, baby. That's yeah. why they they put <laughs> oh, the yeah. literally the most teetering line of all time, seven and a half, right? Because everybody's thinking, oh yeah, Scott Frost in year fucking five should be able to win maybe seven games. But guess what? <laughs> it's the over or the under on the seven and a half. <laughs> yeah, I. Look, they're looking at all the numbers from last year. If we're just looking at the numbers last year, fuck, we had 10 wins. Okay? Sure. You can't... We were just talking about that with uh, with Mike Farrell, was that they're looking at the FPI numbers and all this other stuff, and the FPI has us you know, winning all these games. It's just because you're just looking at numbers. <laughs> and all those numbers look great last year, too, but guess what? We still only won three games. It's kind of like baseball, right? Like all those sabermetrics, and but you you still have that thing that six inches between your ears, it still exists, and it's been a it's been an issue with the Nebraska football program for a while. In my opinion, is that space in between your ears? There's something. There's I don't I don't want to say it's rotting, but there's something there's something stinky going on up there. So there's a lot of Nebraska fans that think you know we are we're cursed and all this stuff. We no. did just announce and reveal the new field, so mm. maybe all the bad juju was in that turf. Just maybe just soaked up in that. Just soaked up you know, people, all that tired stuff. That. What people have said that? Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. So people are saying this. You heard it here right now. Mike Delaware is saying eleven wins. <laughs> never <laughs> season. Never will I new say new field. That. Double digits. Yeah. Those are his I, look, exact words. I'm going to tell you right now, there's just like a lot of you listening, there's nobody that wants Nebraska to win more. But like Jared said, the six inches between your ears should be telling you but, that whatever you are thinking about next year, you have to see it to believe it. Got to see it. It can't. We can't sit here and just chug the Kool-Aid and we can't just sit here and... We can't just be sleep sleeping here and dreaming yeah. of of the orange bowl. You have to take it for what it is and for <laughs> what we've seen to this point has not been good. You know, Mike said it. He said, "Look, winning solves all." Yep. That's so if true. we can just get this group of dudes that are here for a year to win us 7 games, 7.5, 8 games, then you know, it might start to snowball a little bit. But you have to see it to believe it. Mike, audio engineer, insert Al Davis. Just win, baby. Absolutely. Here, because that's what needs to happen. Okay, guys. Let's talk merch. We've been making merch. It's on Etsy. It's on our website, nbnrpodcast.com. Go on our Twitter, at nbnrpodcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, we are there. Please give us a download and a five-star review. Mike's been cooking up some... Some lovely designs. Yeah, you for know, the merch. I've been just brainstorming, thinking like a Huster fan. Anytime I, something comes to mind, I just go and just spit it onto something. Things that are coming out here in the next week or so. 
Ireland gear. If you guys are going to the game in Ireland, we're going to make you guys some sweet Ireland Husker gear to take with you to Dublin. So uh, that's in the works. Otherwise, koozies are coming. Order one on our website or uh, if you order anything from our website, we will include a koozie for free. So sweet. Uh, we'll also be handing those out at tailgates and future MBNR events. And yeah. yeah, I mean, otherwise, thanks for supporting the pod. We appreciate it. Yeah. We'll keep putting more shit out there for you. And uh, if you keep buying, we'll, we'll keep making it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you talk real sweet, Connor might knit you a sweater or something. I'm willing to. <laughs> I'm not great at knitting, though. So keep your standards low. <laughs> we have gained like two knitting enthusiasts Ooh. for this I, podcast. I'm willing to try. Gosh. Um, okay, guys. What do you say we sign off? I'm on your host, Jared Hall. Kyle Byers, Mike Delaware, and Connor Cavillac. And as always, GBR. <laughs>